Welcome to Education Currents, a show designed to provide educational news and commentary from a Christian worldview. The greatest resource any community has is its children. And by providing for them the best possible education, we are providing for ourselves and future generations. Join us as we explore the latest social and political issues surrounding education today. Welcome, welcome. I'm here with Barbara Rattery, and she's going to talk to us about a very interesting project. And so let's start with um, the website that I'm encouraging each of you to go to. It's called www.thebeehivehaiti.org. It's all spelled out, T-H-E-B-E-E-H-I-V-E-H-A-I-T-I-I.org. So give us a brief history of this, um, uh, what do you call it, Beehive Haiti. Um, The birth of the Beehive Haiti was in 2010. Jonathan Euler and Scott Thurman were in India after a pretty major earthquake there, and they were working with one of the Adventist mission groups there. And the the earthquake in Haiti hit in oh, yes. 2010 when they were in um, India and decided that God was really, it put it on Scott's heart that God was calling them to go to Haiti, that Haiti needed their help. So they left Haiti, or they left India, went to Haiti, and there they, with the Adventist hospital, went through some disrepair from the earthquake. It was still functioning, but there were a lot of areas that were damaged. And the first thing to do was to get the hospital back to being operational. In the course of the operations of the hospital, of course, you're starting to see a lot of orphan children. So then they were drawn to the fact that there were children in dire, dire need. And the Beehive, I believe, became involved with eight or nine different orphanages, not running them, but supporting them by doing repairs, bedding, trying to get clothing, trying to get food contributions being channeled into them. And then in 2013, we had the opportunity to add a woodworking shop to our city mission project, which was in Port-au-Prince, where we began making furniture out of pallet wood. Mm. And that furniture has now expanded to over 1,000 prototypes of pallet wood furniture. We do it for many, many um, other non-profit denominations that are in Haiti. We create their furniture for their orphanages, for their classrooms, for their um, eating facilities, benches, chairs, tables. And then we begin to morph into a lot of the commercial areas restaurants, hotels, etc., etc. So we are able to employ approximately 30 workers in the city mission project, and this translates into approximately two to 300 families that are supported from the people that work for us. It's very, very rewarding, very exciting. In 2013, we also had the good guidance from the Lord 
to purchase property in a small town. At that point, it was about seven hours north of the city um, to a location called Bohawk, Haiti. Nondescript. You won't find it on a map. <laughs> um, just head towards Hanchen. Hope you can get there from there. Um, and now we're up to over 50 acres. We have a wonderful guest house that can support a number of people. We have um, a depot where we house most of our equipment. and It's where our staff actually sleeps when we have large groups there. We have a giant kitchen outdoors. Um, we're all run on solar. And um, we have a school of carpentry that is started but not totally finished. We need to get the tools in it, and then we're going to push our mission work for carpentry. There is actually hardly any business whatsoever in this area of the country. People are very poor, very impoverished. Many have, of course, no running water or anything. They walk for miles for water. So our ultimate goal is to be able to expand ourselves out of our gates and begin improving the lives of the people that surround us. Roofing, concrete floors, um, getting them up off the floor to sleep, providing propane stoves so they will not um, cut the trees down to make the charcoal. It's a very, very large project the Lord has asked us to proceed with. Well, and to think that you started with pallets, I mean, that is, that is ingenious. And then from there, it, it almost appears that God has given you a way to expand the business so you're not just doing, you know, practically free work for all these orphanages and nonprofits, but that you also are doing some for-profit to help support. Absolutely. It's what I call the Apostle Paul model, you know, where he did his tent making to support his ministry. And that is exactly what we're doing. We're, we're making benches. We found out about a year ago that we actually have an Adventist church three miles from our property that we didn't know existed. So God has blessed us by being able to provide pews for their church. For us, we've, we've been able to give them Bibles in Creole and hymnals in Creole. I mean, the Lord just continues to shower and rain yes. upon, upon us. So, And we're hoping that he'll even shower more. Some listener may even have come from Haiti or has ties to Haiti and now God has blessed them and it's time for them to give back and you can go to the website www.thebeehivehaiti.org or you can email the is he the president or the director John He's, Mueller he is our um, international director okay and his and his name is John Jonathan Euler. And his email is J-O-N-E-U-L-E-R at gmail.com. And I'm talking with Barbara Rattery. We are talking about this very interesting organization called the Beehive International. And uh, she just shared with me about their call from India, 
they were, were were they doing similar work in India? Yes, yes, it was very similar work. And then God impressed them. They moved, needed to go to Haiti, and starting with the very humble beginnings of just using pallets that were readily available. I yes. mean, uh, if you look at if you look at the island that Haiti and Domin and the Dominican are are on. It's such a stark difference because Haiti doesn't have all the greenery. Because they know. cut it down. Yes. So by using pallets, now do you have to actually ship in pallets now at this point? Or they're still readily no, available? No, Everything that comes in on containers is coming in on pallets, and it's just trash. So we are still managing to get giant truckloads of pallets in order to continue with our furniture making. Wow. The very first piece home on the Beehive property where all of us lived and everyone did their um, medical clinics is actually the pallet house. The entire building mm. is built out of pallets. Wow. And now that is one of our schools. For the children in the community, we have offered free education to all children that can't, their parents cannot pay. Now, how do you offer free education? What schools? It's just in your school, or it's our school. Okay, it's so our it's our so school. anyone can come to your school, and they don't have to have shoes, they don't have to have a backpack. All they have to do is appear, and um, and we are teaching them um, for free because they there is no there's no income for most of these families to be able to send their children to school so as a result the children just don't go to school now is your school called the beehive school or uh-huh so everything that has to do with beehive is branded beehive yes and that simply means that you're as busy as little bees. We are, and we do have beehives. <laughs> oh, you do have we beehives. We do have beehives. Now, how, yes. now, how do the bees survive? Um, there, you of course know it's one of God's incredible creations. It is. The worker bee can travel up to forty-five miles a day to collect their nectar and bring it back to the hive. The worker bees have very short lifespans, so the further they travel, the shorter the mm. life. Up normal is six weeks. If they're having to go the 45 miles, it might only be a month. And so we try to put a lot of, I ship a lot of seeds. Oh. Um, in my luggage, with anyone that is flying out, I send um, seeds of vegetables, seeds of ground cover, um, and seeds of flowers in order to keep my nectar close to my bees. <laughs> this is wonderful. I have to take a break right here, but please come back. I want to talk more with Barbara Rattery and about her bees, which is just part of the story. We'll be right back. for our meeting to begin. Welcome to the Kids Bible Club. Hey, Pastor Perez, can I ask you a question? Sure, Hannah, what's on your mind? 
boys. Ooh. Oh, stop it! I don't mean like that. Does the Bible say anything about why boys are so silly, loud, and mean? Hey, I'm not mean. What makes you think I'm talking about you, Sam? Oh, well, I thought you were going to say something about what happened today at school when someone put a rubber snake in your notebook. How'd you know about that? Um, people talk. You see, Pastor Perez, boys are always doing dumb things that make me mad. I opened my notebook and that snake scared me half to death. Does the Bible say anything about that? There is a text in Luke chapter 6 that says we should love our enemies. Hey, I'm no enemy. And there's one in 2 Corinthians where God says, If you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. It was just a little rubber snake. So I'm supposed to forgive and love silly boys who put snakes in my notebook? As Christ forgives and loves us, yes. You're not going to hug me, are you? No, Sam. I'm going to love you, even though you're totally insane. And I'm going to forgive you so that Jesus can forgive you too. But if you ever put another rubber snake in my notebook, I am going to... To... To what? Hug you! All righty then. I think we can move on with our meeting. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. Go to mrgmediaministries.com mrgmediaministries.com Welcome back. Please join us. You can go to the website www.thebeehivehaiti.org It's all spelled out. And I'm talking with Barbara Rattery, and we've just been talking about her organization, Beehive International, investing in in the saving hope for Haiti. And how many years have you been there? Eight Eight years. years. A true commitment. And like I said, I've only been involved for four and a half. I, I try to go twice a year if I can get people to fund me, which I've been very fortunate. I've had people in my church fund me. Um, Then I'm able to go more often than that. So, and I stay focused on one ministry instead of multiples because I'm able to look at today, yesterday, and what tomorrow can possibly bring. And the Beehive is a multifaceted ministry in itself. Yes. So it began by making furniture from pallets, which it still continues to do. Yes. It has now obtained land, and mm-hmm. uh, you've built a school. And we also have an orphanage. An orphanage. That we support. Okay. Um, we provide the water. We have a church that has started providing the food for them. We did up until about two years ago. And we provide the water, the food, the medical care. Loma Linda has um, school, I think it's their physical therapy school, has been remarkable over the last 
five years. Every year they come and they take on a project at Mexney's Orphan, Orphanage. So they now have a kitchen, they have rooms, they have windows, they have, they have screens up, um, they have doors. They have bathrooms. It's it's really a little house. Yes, and has a lot of it been made with pallet wood? No. The only thing made out of the pallet wood is about two years ago, I had the um, the woodwork working shop make um, these wonderful, wonderful tables. So the children, picnic tables, so the children would not sit on the floor to eat, but to actually have a table like a family yes. would sit at. And, you know, that table was set up for two minutes, and there is not one child you had to tell what to do. They were at it. I had Legos. Those Legos were out on the table. Their snacks were on the table. They knew exactly yes. what they were what what this table was intended for. <laughs> and it's, it's probably the largest picnic table that they pallet shop has ever made. I believe it was 11 feet long. 11 feet long. That is a true banquet table. Isn't that that special? (laughs) It is. And we take so much for granted. Yes. Our kids take so much for granted. Those kids probably thought that was the most special, delightful thing to have a table. Yeah. Just to have a table. with benches. With benches. You know, that... That just cheers your heart. Oh, every time I look at them eating or doing something, I just think it took so little from yes. me to do so much for so many. Yeah. What a bless. So I feel even more blessed than the children. Yes, and I'm sure you've grown attached to different individuals there. Do you? Can you share with us one of your stories? Yes, I have a wonderful Haitian woman in Bohawk who is one of our cooks. Her name is Fallon. They call her Madam Pastor, Pastor because her husband, husband is a preacher. Okay. And um, she had a little girl um, nine months ago, and I am the godmother. Oh, how neat. So I have a little Phoebe. <laughs> Uh, my little Haitian Phoebe. So, um, one person I'm very attached to. Another one is Adina. She has been with the Beehive for quite a while. And then we have two Samuels. We have Samuel One, who um, is just a gorgeous young man spiritually. He's such a a good, good Christian person. And my second one, of course is Samuel too, and I love him because he takes care of my real passion in Bohawk, the Rottweilers. Oh. So they're my babies. And now, how many of them do two. you have? You have two. And how do they get to Haiti? Jonathan bought them Okay. in Haiti. So um, he started off with Pico. All of our animals are named after food. Our donkey is rice and beans. <laughs> 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 Pico is Pico de Gallo, and the female is Miso. Uh, so when do you go back to Haiti? I wanted to go back in November, but one of my dear friends is going through chemo right oh, now. Yes. So I'm going to push it back until the spring when she'll be able to be back in Atlanta and help me pack. It's a lot to pack. 
I do all the cooking for everybody prior to the trip. And Delta has been so good, they let me take dry ice. Really? So I am able to fly in with vegetables and fruits, and I make all kinds of marineras and different types of foods that take long time. Yeah. And I'm able to just thaw them and be able to feed our staff just so effortlessly. So when so when you're making a trip like that, it sounds like you're taking a group of people with you. I am. I took. So who are you taking this time? Oh, so listen, listen to this. You know, you you never know whose ears your love falls upon. So I have had a little boy in my church, several of them, that have actually been my missionary supporters. And the one started out, he was six years old when he began to listen to me. He announced to his parents at eight that he would travel to Haiti on mission work with Miss Barbara. And they said, no, 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 you're too little. You have to wait till you're 10. Well, of course, by 10, he's going to forget. Now, at 10, he announced he had saved enough money for his airfare. Wow. And he did a YouTube video asking for funds because he has to have money to go to Haiti because he has to be able to buy soccer balls and um, do things for VBS and everything else. He went with me this year. We're sitting on the porch after devotion, and I said, tell me, Carter, would you do this trip ever again with with Miss Barbara? And he said, are you kidding? (laughs) Do you know this is way better than Disney? (laughs) Amen. Amen. So he's going with me in the spring, I hope. And I had my pastor's son on this trip. The very first mission trip Jonathan ever went on, he went with my pastor. My pastor was the leader of that trip, so here we are, the the coins have turned, yes. and I am taking his 16-year-old <laughs> son. Praise God. Praise God. And these children were just incredible. There was not one tear, not one complaint, not one moment that they were not joyful givers of their hearts. Oh, praise God. It cheers my heart, and I know it cheers my listeners to think of young people giving at a young age, committing to mission service, seeing the bigger picture, not just focused on themselves. You know, we have such a struggle with our young people because, well, there's just all this technology and entertainment that they think they need to be entertained 24-7. But these stories of these young people that are coming out and already exhibiting the ability to minister to others that just cheers cheers everyone I mean heart. it gives me goosebumps when I when I think about it and when I first began talking about the work in Haiti the children no water having to walk so far sometimes children going for days without food I thought it was on deaf ears yeah I had no idea that those little people yeah. actually could hear when Jonathan was home, I said, told the kids, I said, we're going to have lunch with Jonathan. And they all stop and they go, hey, we're going to have lunch with a real live missionary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We're 
running to the end of our show, but we've been talking to Barbara Rattery about her passion, which which is called Beehive International. And you can go to the website, thebeehivehaiti.org, and learn so much more than what we've had time to talk about today. But I have one last thing to say, and that is God bless. You have been listening to Education Current, a production of MRG Media Ministries. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com.